for people of color, for the queer community, these different marginalized communities. We've been walking into spaces all our lives that are exclusive to the other. And so to start building up with a yoga light, the community, like, hey, all queer people, you're safe and free to be you here in this space, and we're going to shine a bunch of yoga on it. That was Gianna Purcell, and I'm Henry Winslow. You're listening to Dharma Talk. Dharma Talkers, welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming back for another episode. And first timers, welcome to the fold. You're in the right place. It's safe here. Or maybe it's not. But at least now, know that you're supported if it's not safe. And that's okay. I got you. That's a little allusion to the topic of this week's episode. But before we dive in, would you like to advance your yoga practice? Check out the Henry Yoga app. It's a mobile, optimized, and intuitively designed program of efficient Hatha Vinyasa classes and asana workshops to level up your practice from home. Go get the first two classes totally free at henryyoga.com. Quick question. Would you identify as LGBTQIA+. That's a pretty broad, sweeping, and inclusive category of people, right? I mean, that's a lot of letters. Okay, let's open it up even more. Do you consider yourself an ally to those folks? Do you believe they could benefit from yoga? Not just the practice, but also the communities that come together over said practice, just as you have. It's not a trick question. Because even though each of us comes into this life with unique conditions, karma, circumstances, outward appearances, levels of privilege, and so forth, underneath the surface, we're all going through different versions of the same human experience. We all struggle. We are all uncomfortable at times. And we all get to the point where we have to face that discomfort. And everyone can use the support of others when that time comes. But what does real support look like? Support that doesn't gloss over valid emotions, that doesn't conveniently bypass disparity and inequality, trauma and ignorance. Gianna and Caro, both past guests on Dharma Talk, check out episodes five and 37 to hear their original separate interviews, have both been immersed in the yoga world for over 15 years, and both are proud members of the queer community. Recognizing the impact yoga had had on their own journeys towards self-acceptance, they started actively bringing the yoga and queer communities together, with both sides benefiting from the overlap. The rest, as they say, is history. All that is coming right up. This episode is brought to you in part by Yoga East Austin. This March, I'm super excited to partake in a second round of rocket yoga training at Yoga East Austin with the worldly rocket yogi himself, David Kyle. It's a five-day RYT 50-hour practice intensive with the rocket yoga pioneer and someone I consider a friend and a teacher. Last year's 50-hour intensive was epic, bringing together over 50 yogis from all over the world to learn about the rocket yoga vinyasa system from David himself. David and I immediately connected. Since then, he's been a Dharma Talk guest, check out episode 61, 
and I have visited Puerto Rico to practice with him and teach workshops at his school, Ashtanga Yoga, Puerto Rico. David is a student of the late Rocket Yoga founder, Larry Schultz, who studied Ashtanga extensively in Mysore in the 60s and 70s. If you're curious about Ashtanga or enjoy getting upside down, this training makes a great introduction, especially since the Rocket style tends to be a bit more loose and playful than traditional Ashtanga. In Rocket, you get to try postures from the second and third series and experiment with fun, accessible, and creative sequencing. I thoroughly enjoyed this experience last year, and I'm pumped to dive in for another 50 hours in my old stomping grounds, Yoga East Austin, this spring from March 23rd to 27th. Be sure to act now. This intensive is now about 60% full, and early bird registration ends January 31st. For more info, go to yogaeastaustin.com slash events. On my end, I have a few workshops coming up that I'd like to share with you. If you're in the area, please come out. On February 7th through 9th, I'm going to be at Fuel Hot Yoga in Athens, Georgia. And on March 6th through 8th, I'll be at Bodhi Movement Boulder in Boulder, Colorado. To get the details and sign up, go to henrywins.com events. Now back to the show. Gianna Purcell at Gianna Yoga on Instagram and Carolina Villalba at Caro underscore Loca on Instagram are the co-owners of Original Hot Yoga 305 in Miami and co-founders of Queer Retreats LLC. In the hopes of inspiring interest and providing access to holistic wellness within the LGBTQ plus community, Gianna and Carolina offer queer inclusive retreats centered around fun, food, and yoga, as well as education for allies committed to opening their spaces to a broader range of humans. Gianna and Carolina are working hard to make the practice of yoga accessible, safe, and vital to every type of person. Together, Gianna and Carolina hope to breed true acceptance of self and others in all that they offer. If this episode speaks to you, if you're interested in what Gianna and Carolina have coming up, then go to dharmatalk.show and type Gianna or Caro in the search bar and you'll find all the notes, highlights with timestamps and links for this episode, including info about the upcoming LGBTQ plus and allies retreat in Florida Keys this May. If you're looking for something to read, check out my running list of every book ever recommended on Dharma Talk. You can find that at henrywins.com slash books. So go there and pick one out. Now, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Gianna Purcell and Carolina Villalba. Gianna and Carolina, I'm so happy to have you back on Dharma Talk. Both of you have been previous guests individually, but now you're joining forces in more ways than one, of course. And I'd be happy to talk about all of that very soon. But first of all, let's just say hello to the Dharma Talkers out there. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey. hey. How are y'all doing? I'm good. You? You good? We're doing great. Yeah. yeah we're here. It's, it's what's well, January? In Miami, it's sunny. It's about 80 degrees outside. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah. Life. Not a bad way to start the year. You know? Definitely not. 
Very good. Well, um, you've both been on the show, as I said before. Uh, for those of you who recognize these voices, you've been listening for a while. Uh, Gianno is back on episode five. We talked about slowing down, taking a beat to uh, appreciate what's happening around us and, and really heal through the chaos of life. And then in episode 37, Carolina came on and talked about her story and um, kind of changing the perception around what yoga has to or should look like. And as I understand it now, you two have really um, put your heads together to further that cause of changing the the perceptions and the limitations around who can practice yoga and how we can diversify that, open it up to more people. So what is what is your combined dharma these days? What are you working on together? Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting to think of our dharma being together (laughs) because, um, you know, a lot, I, I always kind of go back to that. I know, I don't think I've ever asked myself what my dharma was, Henry, until you asked me and I was like, oh, well, I guess I should like kind of think about that because I just kind of roll with everything and then sit down and think about what's been happening. And I'm like, oh, let me put some words to this and just kind of explain to myself why maybe I'm doing what I do and why it looks the way it does. So I really, I don't know if we have the same combined dharma because I really think that we have very different goals, but I, I think combined like our, the similar aspects of our Dharma is that we have the same vision of everyone being able to feel good and know themselves and really embody who they are more fully in this life before it's over. And that's kind of all I really want for the people around me. And I think that's what one of our main mission is and the things that we're creating together are um, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. I, it's funny. We were talking about that in the kitchen this morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of our, one of our students was like, Hey, you know, n- I know nothing's forever, but I really hope that you and Carolina last. And I was like, that's a really honest and sweet thing to say. And while I agree fully with everything you just said, we are committed to making sure that we can, um, help others together you know, like help us through in our, our joined mission. Definitely. Yeah. And I think we're both really good about just letting people or giving people a chance to see what we see in them, you know, like all the possibilities that we see that they have um, and the future they have, if they just keep on, you know, doing what they love and what they want to try. They're open to trying new things and it's not just asana, but, you know, in other ways, I think we both did a really good job of just letting people see what we see in them and Mm. what their potential is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we definitely have combined forces in that. <laughs> yeah. These ideas of feeling good and embodying yourself more fully. It, I think it's nice to think about those things working in complement, but in practical, in, in like in the, in the practicality of what those processes look like. Sometimes maybe you don't feel good, right? When you start to embody yourself because you face challenges either internally or from resistance from others. And I know that that's something that both of you have worked against in your past. How are, how do you advise people to be okay with discomfort when you start to embody yourself more fully? Right. 
I think part of being truly inquisitive is being like confronted with that kind of um, change or resistance or, you know, those visceral feelings that happen when we're being confronted by something. That's why I think a lot of us um, have had moments of wanting to be non-confrontational and it's, it's just challenging. Anytime you try anything new, anytime you um, walk into a place where you don't know anyone at, or you're the only person that looks like you or acts like you or feels like you or, you know, whatever that is, there's that we experience that so much in that um, I'm, I'm kind of working with it a lot in just my own life where that kind of comfort seeking that we naturally want to do keeps us out of so many different places of uh, learning about ourselves. And, you know, when I'm teaching, it's something that I always uh, come back to because, you know, some of the practices I teach are in a hot room and we're meant to go through this kind of process of being uncomfortable, having the light shined on us, really putting a magnifying glass on all the kind of the struggle parts of us and even the shitty parts of us, because we all, while we're all perfect and amazing, we all have so much work to do and we all abuse ourselves and other people in some way. And to just sit with that, you know, so even in like some meditations that, um, that I walk people through or the way that I teach my class, I always, I always kind of take us to that uncomfortable place because Otherwise, what are we journeying towards? And like, how, how is it a journey? You know, you don't want to just be coddled your whole life. Um, that's, that's why um, we're having such a hard time with millennials. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm a millennial. I'm fine. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's that kind of babying isn't what we want to do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not what we even naturally do for other people. It's just, it doesn't help us grow. And so that's always something that I stress in my teaching. And I know you do too. Kata, yeah. Right? yeah, definitely. I think even this is the first question you asked, like, how is it okay to feel challenged or like to, to feel not okay? And that's the whole thing. It's like, you ha- like be okay with feeling uncomfortable or no, or don't be okay with feeling uncomfortable. Just do it. Feel uncomfortable. You know, we can't be happy all the time and feel perfect all the time. And I think those places, those times we get pushed, those uncomfortable places and those unknown places is when we get to know ourselves in a better way. Where that like, not the act, but like the edit, the edit version of ourselves kind of pushes to the side and you see the real colors of who you are, you know, and what you do in a quick second when you have to think fast or act fast or, you know, react because you feel harm or because you feel scared or because you feel shy because there's something new, you know, and it's like, wow, is this really how I react to these situations? And little by little people start changing and it's really amazing. And I think we see that a lot in the room, mm-hmm. mostly with the hot yoga, um, 26 and two practice, you know, people get so uncomfortable in there and feel so challenged. And then to see them kind of understand like, okay, I, I don't have to pretend that I'm okay with this feeling. I could just sit down and feel what I'm mm, feeling. Yeah. And then once this moment has passed, I can stand up again and keep on going, you know, and it's just awesome. You know, I think that I'm really grateful to have a John in my life because it makes me okay to go to those places, those dark spots where I've been scared of going before because I didn't think I had the time to explore those feelings. And it's funny because if you don't have the time to explore those feelings and explore all the options you have of who you are and how you react to situations, you don't really get to know yourself. And if you don't know yourself, you're not really presenting yourself the way you, you are to other mm-hmm. people. 
Yeah. And it's harder for you to understand others too. Like Mm -hmm. I see people, you know, uh, we travel all the time and, and the airport and travel time (laughs) is just like the center of discomfort for so many people (laughs) and people are just mean to each other. And I always kind of take a step back and it's like, people do weird things when they're uncomfortable and we react so strangely (laughs) and disembodied when we are uncomfortable. And until you start to kind of see that within yourself and how you act in those uncomfortable situations, it's harder to have compassion for those people that that's are being the, a little aggressive. That's with the you. key word there. Compassion. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's, it's, you know, all the stuff we do for ourselves is so that we can better be us for other people with other people and see other people. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I like that. And it's important to make this point. I think that like you guys aren't stressing making, people feel uncomfortable for the sake of torturing them. It's not like just be uncomfortable because it's not because you need to feel uncomfortable. It's, it's sort of a short term, long term thing. Like like, as, as Carolina put it, you know, you feel that feeling so that you can stand up afterward and realize I was able to get through that. And in that sense, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you're pushing comfort aside for a moment so that there is something, there's something more deeply comfortable afterwards, some sort of relief or even an empowering feeling that you get from being okay with facing those feelings. And, you know, you also said that you didn't have the time, but I think there's something very powerful about having support systems to help you explore those feelings and to have each other really gives you a place of safety to come from. Yeah. It's it's not easy. And uh, it's, it's very easy to find relationships and even things in our lives that don't challenge us and just stay there, right? Just stay in that, like that point of comfort so that we don't get pushed out of the way. I was about to say that it's like, just like, even though I have support, it's not like I feel, um, safe. Does that make sense? Like you can be supported without having to feel like I have a safe spot or like this uh-huh. little hole I can crawl back into or like just in case things don't mm-hmm. work out. You know, it's about being supported, even though those, 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 like when a kid is crying, you know, and just being like, cry it out. It's okay to cry. I'm not going to hold you until everything's okay and mask everything that just happened. I want you to feel your feelings and I'm going to be here. controversial for some moms. It is definitely. <laughs> I mean, even for some relationships, most people mm-hmm. it is, but it's like, I want you to feel those feelings. so You know where they are. And you you acknowledge them, you recognize them, and I'll support you no matter what happens at the end of the, that that you know sure. journey of mm-hmm. those feelings. Yeah, so so what is the difference between feeling supported and feeling safe? I think when you're supported, you're you're in a you're in a, a supported space to struggle, and it's even like it's even a safe enough space to have a bad time, you know, there we go, to yeah. go through the bad time, to feel like you're allowed to go to that place. Because I think a lot of us were at some point in our lives. I know I kind of came from a. Um, like a no talking type of family where we didn't really share our feelings very openly. And I was very reserved. I didn't feel safe to express what was really going on. It took me a long time to really break through the hardness that I felt like I had to build up. And when you're in a supported space, you really can go through those things. So if you're, you know, like I, it's not that I feel or that I think either of us feel unsafe. 
it's more so that we feel like we can, you know, with or without us and like on our own unique struggle of a, you know, up and down type of path, we can do it in front of each other. You know, whether or not we're walking right next to each other is almost irrelevant. But, you know, that idea that I can have a bad time on my own right and not take you down or I can have a bad time and need space away from you and it not be um, something I need to hide because it might make you feel insecure or something, you know, does that make any sense? No, for sure. Definitely. I I was thinking of much of uh, the best way I can explain it is is the small story I have in my head. Um, When I was in high school, I was having a really hard time doing things and I wanted to go to this like. I was going to go for three months of this program that was supposed to help you detox and go through high school and get some credits. Um, and you know, at the time I couldn't afford it and my family couldn't back me up on it. And I was getting really flustered at the fact that like, why does anyone want to help me? I want to do this thing for myself. Um, and then my teacher at the time told me this really great story. She was my history teacher and she traveled around the world and she was telling me how when she graduated high school, she did a retreat, uh, kind of like a mission work in Cuba for six months. And then the first week she was there, she broke down and freaked out and called her dad saying, Hey, I don't think I can do this. Can you please buy me a plane ticket back home? And her dad said to her, I love you. I'll be here for you at the end of your six months. But you have to complete this and you have to go through being in the middle of nowhere in an uncomfortable place and uncomfortable situation. And this is why you went there. And that's kind of what I think about support is, you know, it's like, it's not a safety ticket out. It's not a fast way out of or a way around things, you know, but a way of like, you're going to go through the hard times and it's going to be hard for you to go through this. But even through the hard times and the good times, I'll be here supporting you and you can ask me questions and I'll be a person you can like, you know, talk to and confide in, but I'm not going to take you out of the situation. I'm not going to be the person who is going to be your ticket out. I don't know. Right, that right. makes sense. It's even, it's like a reinforcement. Exactly. Someone telling you, even if it's just a, a, like an emotional rah, rah, like a reminder, you have the ability to do this. Right. And I think in the long run, that's a way better way of looking at things and handling things that, you know, making somebody feel safe constantly, because what if you're not there to make him feel safe, right? Like what if you're not there and those tools that make you feel safe are not there, are just going to break down and fall apart. The world doesn't stop. It keeps on going. So I feel like it gives you a tool of like taking a a deep breath, taking things in, going through them, and then just keep on working towards them instead of working around them. Mm. And I think that's an issue a lot of millennials, unfortunately, people my age that we just look through ways of going around things instead of working through them and with them. Sorry, millennials, we're really just (laughs) Hey, you're one too. I know. (laughs) It's it's okay. It's a conversation between three millennials just admonishing all of our our habits and behaviors. But it's good, you know? We have to reflect on ourselves. We got to be in a position to be uncomfortable if we're talking about how everyone else needs to be, so... Yeah. Um, but good points all around from both of you about uh, the difference really in a strong relationship between codependency and support. I think that's what it really boils down to. Oh, it's definitely. like, does it support, how do you support someone, whether it's your partner or your family member or your student mm-hmm. without m- becoming a crutch for them? How do you support them in a way that gives them more strength and an ability to stand on their own without you needing to be there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about, let's get grounded. You know, we've been talking a lot in (laughs) theory and philosophy. Catch us up on what you two are up to these days. I mean, you're working together now on the studio Mm -hmm. and you've launched the new business for the queer retreats. So talk about that, please. 
Yeah, so we're here in the studio. It's a really amazing space. Caro opened almost six years ago now. Yes. And um, I'm just walking in um, just in the last few months. And we're, um, it's really cool to just kind of see the light that everyone is kind of walking in, in kind of the, the guidance of uh, her energy here. So it's really, you know, they're all, it's, it's a big, awesome, diverse, interesting family. And, uh, I'm very lucky to be here and it's been a great hub for us to create and launch from, uh, this new venture of ours, the queer retreat stuff. So, uh, I was just talking about it, what yesterday or the day before, I can't remember who I was talking to, but about, my idea of what it would have been like for me looking for something like this as a young queer person. And I was the only gay person I knew for a while. And that's probably why, you know, I came out when I did and how I did. And, um, you know, I think that's common for a lot of people in high school or a lot of people my age, um, or that age, rather, trying to to be a proud or embodied queer person, and so um, in the in the queer community, I think there's this kind of maybe not stigma, but um, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on with wellness now, and there's a lot going on with moving your body now, but. I think yoga is still like that kind of other thing that is very exclusive um, for cis straight people. Um, it's it's often very white and doesn't feel inclusive in many communities. And honestly, it's I feel very lucky to be part of this community because there is such diversity in all of those respects. But that's not the case in most places. And um, for the retreats, we, we've opened up our retreats to the LGBTQ plus community and allies so that if you don't, if you were like me and you don't know any queer people, you can bring your best friend and they can be a support for you. You can bring your mom and they can be your support system, you know, whatever it is to kind of launch you into connecting to people that are like you while venturing towards finding the holistic benefits of a practice. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, I, I always try to kind of, this is a mindfulness practice, not to, to diminish the amazingness that is yoga, but to kind of make it more accessible to people that have poo-pooed yoga for whatever <laughs> reason, you know? So um, just whatever practices you get out of a yoga experience or a week of being able to be with people that you feel comfortable around and practicing yoga, anything out of that, that helps you be more mindful and present that you can take home with you. That's what, what we're trying to create in these spaces, you know, good food. We'll sit and we'll play with what it looks like to, um, make your own food and, and love your own food so that all of that goodness is going in your body and, um, and all while enjoying, you know, the beautiful will be in the Florida Keys for this first one. Um, but yeah, you have, what, what are your thoughts on what are we doing? <laughs> what is this? Well, first, I first started thinking about what the word queer meant to me, you know, and it's like, if you Google the word queer, you get a bunch of different definitions of what it is. But for me, queer is it's, I'm queer, you know, I'm funny, I'm different. 
I don't fit in what the norm or the basic is. And even if I didn't have a partner or was looking for somebody, you know, that was in the LGBT community, LGBT community, and I just wanted to find more queer people that were like me that, you know, want to try different things and maybe explore the world of wellness, I would love to go to this retreat. So one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this was to open the door to anybody who's just open-minded and kind of heart to come and try to, you know, what yoga is and explore their practice and what yoga means to them through what we can offer them. Um, definitely lots of beach hangs and awesome raw food, yoga every day, meditation, some workshops and some, you know, group stuff we're doing. But for me, the most exciting thing about this retreat is I just can't wait to see the different types of folks we get in here mm. and that connection they're going to make with each other that they never knew each other before. And they're going to come to the keys, hang out with us and make new friends, make new family members. They're going to last for the rest of their life. And how else would you get to do that? You know, like what other medium or platform would you use to physically feel comfortable enough, emotionally feel comfortable enough and spiritually feel free enough to explore all these areas, but people you never met before. Totally. I think one of the one of the cooler things that comes to mind when you're like oh i'm i'm different you know i'm <laughs> i'm weird i'm queer i don't there's like a taking back of that word that the community has done and you know anyone that's trained with me knows that it's a weird time like we we have just some of the biggest belly laughs over the course of you know a 12 day or a month long training because you know, I can't help but be authentically me in those moments, especially. And it's just fun. like life is weird and things are funny. And like, no, I'm not the traditional version of what you would think a yoga teacher should be like. Like I was standing in our studio yesterday and my shirt said, fuck Wallace, you know, and <laughs> and like you should never say that to Wallace, but Wallace is a cat that just keeps eating all of everyone's food in our front lawn and we don't feed him and he won't go away. And his name wasn't even Wallace when we met him, but you know, like that kind of idea of like, <laughs> at first I was like, am I supposed to catch, catch that reference? Who is Wallace? <laughs> it's funny. Like, you know, all roommates and everybody pretty much like in our neighborhood, it's like, fuck you, Wallace. Get out of the street, he's Wallace. He's always on our front. He's, yeah, he's, he's just in a... He's, he's a soup kitty. He's, he I'm meets a, all the other cats. He's a dick to all the other cats. But I feel like he would maybe be that kind of oppressive lover that it, <laughs> like with humans, you know, just like all up in your shit. But I, you know, like that kind of idea that people have of you have to be clothed in white and constantly, um, you know, this kind of super zen speech and wide-eyed and with like some sort of glossy film over your eyes like a baby doe or a mark Ryden <laughs> painting you know it's not that's not that that's not what yoga is to me you know yoga is is being conscious and being present and being interested and being uncomfortable and and journeying towards whatever it, that all that comes together to take you towards. And I can't, you know, when, when you're in these different bliss states or meditative states or these practices, you feel that kind of thing that people try to attach to and stay to. But you know what? I have a personality and mm -hmm. uh, a, a character that I play sometimes that's really fun for me. And I, I like to be personality and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not a yogi, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like sticking your, 
um, middle finger up as a yogi to somebody that wears makeup in class or that, you know, has uh, had plastic surgery or has you know, tattoos even, or, you know, lives more of a, a, a life in a way that isn't like you, like that doesn't make them any less of a yogi. For sure. I mean, even here in the studio at the school, we have two teachers who are lawyers during the day and they're yoga teachers at nighttime. I mean, they're yoga teachers all day long, whether they realize <laughs> it or not, but that's the whole thing. You know, it's just like, you don't, I remember, you know, I'm half Jewish and, and half Catholic and Growing up and both a little confusing because in, in Catholic religion, you know, if you're a priest, you are married to God or whatever, and you don't have a family outside the church and that's your whole family. But then looking at rabbis, you know, when I was little, I was, I thought it was the same rules for any religion. And then when I realized that my rabbi had a family and a wife and a kid and he had a home and he drank soda and ate burgers once in a while, I was like, oh my God, you're like a, a human being, you're like a regular person. Uh, but you also have all this light inside of you that you get to share, you know? So it's like yoga has been now westernized in a way where it's so accessible to everybody. We're like, I feel like it's the same way for everybody around here. Right. So it's like, I do yoga, I practice, I do pranayama, I, you know, I, I pray, I do mala, but I'm also a regular human being. You know, I also like punk music and I rap and, you know, I, I like to ride my skateboard once in a while and I like to go skating and I like to swim in the water. And so it's like, you are allowed to have the best of both worlds if you just get to be authentic and be you. Mm -hmm. So I we would love for people in the community to see that, that the whole stigma or the view of yoga it is not the way that the media or most people think it is. You can be a yogi, you know, even if you smoke a cigarette here and there, yeah. <laughs> that you can still come and practice. I'm not going to judge you, you know? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm being really honest. I have students that come in here and they reek, you know? And I have all the students that are like, oh my God, a person smells like cigarettes. And I'm like, they're here trying to change that. You know, don't change, don't, don't judge them because of what they bring from home, but how they leave from here yeah. to go home. Yeah. Yeah. They're working yeah. on themselves. That, yeah. That householder yogi is, is I think one of the most fast track ways to being uncomfortable because you can't, you know, it's, it would be easier for me if I could do that thing that I've always wanted to do, which is go just sit in the mountains in a cave for three years oh. and just be away from all you crazy humans and do my practice. That's easy. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, that that would be easier for me. But to have to go and and share and interact and and be a human and all that kind of stuff that is part. that is dirty stuff. Yeah, and I, necessary for for me to really be challenged in the truth of my practice. Right, and that's that's the higher difficulty level. Like, can you maintain the presence? Can you maintain the equanimity when you're faced with who knows the person being a jerk on the airplane or or what have you? The person mm -hmm. who's totally in their own, um, void, basically, you know, in constant Pratyahara in the mountains in a cave, like, yeah, of course you're going to do it there. And maybe that's practice. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. the, that's the equivalent of our time on the mat practicing. But even then, even right. for the householders, like when you go out outside of the room, outside of the 90 minutes or whatever you've designated as your yoga time, can you integrate? And I think that's what you both are really getting at is like, if yoga is not supposed to be something or doesn't have to be something that becomes our all consuming identity, we're going to have our own lives and personalities and other aspects of our lives and things that we want to pursue, then how can we integrate yoga into all of that? 
Right. It's not, I say it all the time. It's not that idea of, oh, I went and did yoga and then I went and did something else. It's like, mm, yeah. no, that's not it. You went and did asana and then you continued practicing yoga because it all flows everywhere. And, and that's the idea of it. And that's, so there's a lot of controversy of why these exclusive, exclusive things need to go on because in this kind of light of yoga, it's supposed to be this like, well, everyone is one and everyone is equal. And in the, the purest sense of that, Sure. Yes, we are all pulled from the same loin, but we have we have been dropped onto this earth into this story and into this body and have these experiences and challenges coming towards us for a reason that makes us all different. And for, you know, for people of color, for the queer community, you know, it's very, these different marginalized communities, it's hard to walk into it. They've been walking into, we've been walking into spaces all our lives that are exclusive to the other. And so to start building up in the yoga world or with a yoga light the community, like, hey, all queer people, you're safe and free to be you here in this space, and we're going to shine a bunch of yoga on it. That can start to diversify the other yoga communities that are a little bit more um, whitewashed or not so diverse. Uh, so that, though, yes, I would love that idea of, um, you know, like, eventually, ever there is no need for these things. But to just diversify, to force, I don't want to say force diversity, but like <laughs> to like build up the confidence in our communities that can confidently walk into these more whitewashed places and diversify them. That is really, that's, that's the goal. And to enlighten these places as well. You know, it's one thing to be like, Hey, now you're empowered with yoga, go to all your local studios. We also have to, and make a point to go into these local studios and try to empower them with the proper language and, um, ways to make them their space safe for these people coming in because it's dangerous for some people to walk into these places that Mm -hmm. are not diverse, you know? Um, so it's not just us, the members of the community that have to go out and kind of push our way in. Some of us can and do, um, but we also have to go kind of kick the door down in some of these communities and make sure that they're seeing and, um, and, allowing others to be seen mm-hmm. in, in their space and make it safe. Yeah. That's a, that's a strong call to action for the, the queer listeners. But what about for the, those of us who would want to consider ourselves allies, what can we do to further this direction that, that hopefully we're all headed toward and do it in a way that's non spiritual bypassing, you know, not to just talk about the oneness, but actually face the reality of the individual experiences that everyone has. Yeah. Come to, come, come to our retreat, <laughs> come to the keys. That's what um, you all can do. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is good as yeah, definitely. Um, come see us in May and we'll have things like that where 
you know, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll ask you, what are your pronouns? And then people will be like, why are you, why are you asking me that? Or, you know, we'll talk about our own unique experiences being, and, and a lot of people that don't know that or haven't lived that they're like, Whoa, that's crazy. But also just being conscious of your language, not assuming somebody's gender or even their sexuality to ask you know, specific things like that, like on waivers for studios or for mm -hmm. even yourself, people that sign up for you, put an option for them to put their pronouns down. So if somebody identifies as non-binary, they can um, make that known. And also, you know, if you make a mistake with somebody's pronouns to apologize, let them know you're trying. It's, you know, it's fine to uh, mess up those types of things. Uh, but also, I think with um, hiring and with making available uh, trainings and retreats and teaching opportunities to really reach out to uh, the, the queer community and maybe the queer people in your studio or, uh, put something out there in, at like a, a local event or a local queer night or something like that somewhere to where you are offering a discount for members of the queer community or you're, um, you're hiring people that are representative of the queer, you know, um, trans community. It's, it's difficult for, uh, some members of the community yeah, to, get, to jobs. get jobs. And uh, a lot of things cost a lot of money as uh, trans people transition. And also, oh, if you ha are having, just as a member of the queer community, a hard time getting a job, oh, how are you going to be able to afford these types of things? So uh, to just recognize that, I think it's, it's a lot to ask of trainings and retreats to be able to you know, offer discounts and stuff and everyone wants a discount, but, um, and two, for those asking for discounts, maybe recognize people that might need one more than you and offer that up to somebody that does, um, and members from the LGBTQ plus community that do, and, and just kind of put them in the direction towards that. But I think that's super important. And our language is just always number one. It's always, how are we speaking and how are we making our class inclusive? Don't say things like, oh, well, if you're a flexi-bendy guy or a flexi-bendy girl, yes. or, you know, always generalize because of gender. Um, you're, you're making non-binary people see, feel unseen. You're, you're making people that aren't flexible in one gender group feel like they should be, you know, just all that kind of speech. Well, because at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with your gender or what you look like. It's just what's in, like, literally what's in your heart and what's in your brain that really matters to me and most people. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I had this, we had a student yesterday. She does kind of a one uh, workshops with, with couples and, and whatnot. And she was asking me about, like, how can I make this n neutral and non-binary and i was like well give me an example of one of the, <laughs> the exercises you do and she said well i have the guys sit down first and the girls come and you know tell them things they like about them and make them feel loved and taken care of and safe and i was like well if this hypothetically speaking if i was a straight woman and i had a boyfriend or a husband or whatever why does it matter if I'm a male or a female, the, 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 the role that I'm playing in this relationship or like what I'm doing as a person in a relationship, you know, like just because, right, right. you know, I was born with gender things doesn't make me that role. Um, you know, so it's just like, what if, what if it's just neutral? What if you just had partner A come and love partner B and then vice versa? It has nothing to do with gender. And eventually that's what my goal would be. My dream would be for my, for my kids in the future and my family members in the future and the future people out there to walk into a space, to walk into a class and not have gender or race or anything pop in their head at all.
and just be in that space and take it as it is, but what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's and that's where it gets tricky, it. right? Because that brings us back to that mm-hmm. idea of like, well, you don't want to deny the differences and experiences that people have because of the current state of reflection on race and sexuality and gender. But at the same time, you can hold that high vision that eventually that's where we're headed and our actions can be intentionally crafted to take us there. Right. Definitely. Um, that's definitely where I want to go. And it's really funny. This is the last example. I, I've, my dad was watching, um, the L word recently, like the whole show. What? Yeah. And I was just yes. like, what? I was like, do you like, I mean, like, is it cause it's a gay show? And he was like, I honestly don't even remember half of the time or like realize it's like an all woman lesbian show because he's like, the writing is so good and it's so exciting and the drama sorts. And I was like, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if that was just life in general? Like if you didn't see things yeah. as like, there's a gay show or a straight show or whatever, it's just a show. This is not a whatever book is just a book that I enjoyed reading. And this is something that I like to be in and I like to witness and I like to be part of just because of the way it is. Yeah. And until people are hired, aren't hired or everyone is equally as hireable, we have that, you know, there's the, these are Asian American actors and these are, you know, black writers. And these are, you know, like these kind of titles that like they're, they're actors and they're writers and they have to kind of like, we, we all have to kind of like amplify what we're representing because all, a lot of times it's lucky that we got that job or, mm-hmm. you know, lucky that we're being seen or there's such a small percentage of us or we haven't been hired because of that part of us that makes mm-hmm. us us, you know, and that's until that really changes where we we need these these places where we can all come together and build each other up because we are similar. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, talking in that about that, you know, let's say that you're a person who doesn't have any queer friends, you know, and you don't have, you're not in the queer community, but you are an ally at, at heart and you know that, you know, you're okay with people no matter where they come from and you want to come and make new friends and explore. Definitely, you're welcome. You're invited. Come check us out. Um, come meet people of your community or a different community from somewhere else and make these bonds, make relationships, you know, make, you know, it's us that are going to make these bridges, not walls. That's what we got to do. We got to make connections with people. We got to talk to the person that we probably wouldn't talk to and see what's, what's going to happen beyond that. Because really what's the worst that could happen if we just talk to each other. Right. Yeah. It's funny when I've met people that like I was in Thailand recently and there was um, uh, a person that I'm friends with now who is a boxer, he's from Jamaica and, you know, he didn't know that I was gay. And I started talking about my partner and the things that I do. And he started asking me honest questions just because I made him feel comfortable enough to where he could ask me, which he's probably never asked. And it's as far as I've been understood, my friends that are Jamaican have been like, Hey, you know, come with me. We're having our wedding here, but just so you know, you can't be gay here. And I'm like, uh, so how do I be? How do I I go there? (laughs) Um, but you know, there's, there's lots of churches there. Yeah. It's, it's just, um, not, it's very, very frowned upon. And it's not only is it dangerous for you to show up as a gay person, but if you come and have a friend who's a local there, it's dangerous for them to have a gay friend there. So, you know, this, this person was being very genuine with me and asking me these questions, but really had never talked to somebody that was openly gay before, had no idea. And just in having the question or having the confidence to ask the questions and hear the answers, he was like, oh, I see what you mean, you know, and I had no idea that a lot of those views were still being thought. I had some sort of like happy queer bubble that I've surrounded myself in that people are just accepting and that is not 
the reality at all. Um, it's surprising, but we, we do, we have to all get together and talk. And, and I mean, for us, like, you, you know, after you talked to him, his view totally changed. And yeah, I think he, he got a little, up. yeah, definitely. I think he saw people in our community in a completely different way because I think up to then he thought that we were choosing to be gay. Yes. <laughs> and after I explained to him, like, no, I definitely did not choose this. I was not to quote Lady Gaga, but I was <laughs> born this way. Um, you know, and it's like, it was a huge eye opener for him. And so many people that now that are in his life, hopefully will be able to get that same view from him. So that's our goal is just to like, just, just come with us to the keys, spend some days, talk to some people, make some connections, do some yoga, learn get, some things, learn some things mm-hmm. and get to a place where you can just yeah. be. I know you're just always trying, but you can just be the human that you are. Um, there is just, just really quick. There is a friend of ours, Lucas. He uh, has a nonprofit called Yoga Unbound and you can always donate to them. He works to raise money for the trans POC community and sending people to yoga teacher trainings. So um, that's one way there's organizations like that um, working specifically with the trans community and with the um, trans POC community in the yoga world. And he has really worked to create an amazing Very um, cool. program. So that's just yoga yoga unbound.org. Unbound.org. Okay. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes so that yeah. people can access it easily. For sure. And if you're somebody in the community who's has a really low budget or low income and would like to come to the retreat, reach out to yoga unbound. I believe we're doing something with them as well. Yeah. We're always working to, um, raise funds together. So. Very good. Yeah. I mean, I think what you landed on there toward the end of that, um, inspiring kind of monologue is that I, I think that's where people want to be with this idea of oneness and everybody is the same is although we have externalities and experiences that, are different. They are validly different and everyone is totally in their right to express them and wave the flag and be cheerleaders of their cause. But when you make the one-on-one connection between someone who seems different from you at first blush, and then you realize, oh, okay, we're not so different after all, that's where the oneness really drops in. And every layer of that experience of that connection is, is, powerful and even the superficial part the differences like that is still colorful and vibrant and real and and right it's the difference between living from your story mm-hmm. rather than living in your story you have that ability to connect and see the oneness right like yeah we're different but you know this is this is all education for all yeah. of us and that's uh, while I do not I I just want to say I don't think that it's everyone who is different from anyone to teach that other person about the difference. You know, like we all have to be interested in the things that are not like us. Um, Google that shit. But <laughs> um, but it is important that we can be good to each other and make each other feel comfortable enough to where we feel safe enough mm-hmm. to share. Well, I appreciate you both for being open books. Um, you know, I, I, I say that with total sincerity. Uh, I really see you as both as, you know, powerful women who I can come to and ask these questions. And, uh, I, I don't take that lightly. So I appreciate that not only as 
from a one-on-one personal standpoint, but I also appreciate you being willing to share with an audience of, of people that you don't see. Um, so thank you for that. Well, thank you, Henry, for being this awesome dude, this awesome (laughs) person, this awesome human that has this platform where people can go and get this education and get this information. It's, it's, um, it's my responsibility to do that. I mean, if I have this, yeah, (laughs) at this point, I think it is part of it. You know, if I have this platform that is reaching people, I think it's very important that I be choosy and selective about the messages that are shared on it. And this is something that I think is really important. So thanks for I joining me with that. I know you know it's important. I know you don't Thank think you. it's important. I know you know it's important. Yeah. Because right. you're doing it. And, you know, last last time I want to shit on us millennials. Um, <laughs> out of all, I mean, people in our age and our, you know, in our group, they're doing so many things. The fact that you're doing this, it means so much. You know, it's, it's, it's just such a great thing that's happening for other people in our age to hopefully look up to you and look up to this and want to do things like this. We're making things with a purpose. Not just putting podcasts out there because I want people to hear my voice. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes That's super smooth sexy. operator. You've got yeah, your music for that. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because we want people to, you know, get inspired by this and you know do their own thing and inspire other people. And little by little, this whole world's going to be full of folks that are inspired by one another and are fulfilling their dreams and doing and being the best people they can be out there. Because that's all I really want. I want everybody to look at each other as their brother and sister, as their mom, as their dad, and treat each other that way. And everything in between. And everything in between. Yeah. Okay, one last time. Drop the details, please, for the for the Key West. Or is it is it Key West? Yeah. Yes. For the Key West Key retreat? West, yeah, Key West, Florida, May 14 through 20. And there's all sorts of varieties of um, living situations for that week. But uh, we'll be at an all-queer hotel. Called the Alexander Hotel. It's the Alexander House. It is super fun. It is clothing optional. That's right. We have a 24-hour pool and jacuzzi. Watch out. Uh, We have yoga every day. Uh, Yeah, watch out. (laughs) Brunch is included daily. G&L will be doing raw dinners for everybody as well. We have two times we're going out dinner together. There's even a drag show included. There's a little tour of the Keys, um, a lot of beach hangs, and a lot of group work. So it's going to be lots of fun. Yeah. One last question. Is Wallace going to be there? Fuck Wallace, Probably. man. Probably. He's yeah, everywhere. He's going to he just... be on the porch for sure. <laughs> he's a stupid kitty. <laughs> um, it's funny. G, G got everybody in the house matching shirts and sweaters. It's yeah, like, for fuck the, you, Wallace. For the holidays, everyone got a fuck Wallace shirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is united over hating Wallace. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love him. I just would wish him to stop bullying my cats. <laughs> yeah. How, taking, are you taking good care of Susia? Susie's a neighborhood cat. We try to, I try to bring her back to the new house, but she's like, I just belong to the hood. Yeah. And you know, she's I, an adventure yeah, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. But, uh, I definitely thanks now for checking in on yeah, Susie. Yeah. Now we have mango. We Mango's adopted mango. So man- yeah. And we have, um, spike who's her cat from Arizona. And we've recently found this little tiny kitty under our truck outside our house. Um, meowing for two days. We finally caught him. His name is Trashley. His name is Trashley. And he's actually, I feel like he's non-binary. I feel like he's non-binary for sure. You are an animal <laughs> rescue shelter now. We are. So we just, I can't help it. I'm a sucker for furry things. Oh my you God. Guys. You have to come over Henry, <laughs> soon. Yeah, I do need to Please come back. Come back to Miami. Can you leave us with one, let's say for each of you, one piece of advice for 
the queer yogi or queer yoga curious person listening, um, a piece of advice to, apart from joining the retreat, of course, obviously they need to join the retreat, but uh, retreat, but one piece of advice that they can use to take with them for the, for the day to come. There is always a place where you can feel home in the LGBTQ plus community, even if it is a chosen family or a family that you don't know you chose yet. The queer community is very good at, at, at expanding its wings and sweeping you in when you have a home nowhere else. So know that if you don't know where to find that, we have one for you. Oh, that's good advice. <laughs> uh, advice from Cataloca. Drink water and always have your car full halfway of gas. Don't ever let your car go past half full. Just kidding. That's like <laughs> bad do advice. Uh, don't do it. Um, my advice is just allow yourself for the first time maybe in a long time or for the first time ever to be vulnerable with people you don't know and to see what happens after that. Because you are an amazing person and you have a lot to give and a lot to offer. And if you're looking for connections with folks and you haven't been able to get that recently or ever, maybe that's why. Because you haven't put yourself out there in a place where you know you can be brave. And I will forever and always work to offer a brave space for everybody. Not just in the LGBTQ community, but in all communities. Because eventually we all have to get along and know each other. Those are beautiful words. And I think no matter what your orientation, there's a lot to take away from that, a lot to marinate on. So I'll be thinking about that. Thank you both so much for your time. Thanks for coming on Dharma Talk again. And thanks for doing this really important work. Thanks, Henry. Uh, thank you, Henry. I appreciate you. Dharma Talkers, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And if you did, please share it. Take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and tag me, at Henry Wins. I love hearing from you about the conversations that make an impact for you. We have the ability to shape the world through our thoughts, words, and conversation. So let's influence the collective consciousness together. All my gratitude to Rory Wagstaff of Ease of Mind Productions for keeping our audio crisp and operations smooth and to Patrick Kiebzak of Momentology Music and Art for supplying the powerful soundtrack to these conversations. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and tune in to new episodes of Dharma Talk every Thursday. I'll speak to you next week, and until then, keep living your dharma.